and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast, which is presented by Goodyear. Drive always discovers possibilities. Goodyear more driven. We're recording this late on Thursday night. We wanted to do this um, later than usual. I guess that's the new thing. We're staying up late doing these. Um, The lottery was tonight, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, The Lakers absolutely demolished the Trailblazers tonight. Uh, To even that series at 1-1 was almost never a game. Um, I'm a little concerned about Damian Lillard. Um, In the fourth quarter, he... Oh, by the way, let me just hold on. Let me just tell you that Jackie McMullen is joining us from Boston. Jeez. Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went to, I, I just went straight right. ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're all good, Wendy. It's all fine. <laughs> and joining us from Dallas is Timothy Band McMahon. We knew you were a ball hog, Wendy, but geez. Uh, you're right. How yeah. soon before you get banned from one of these Zooms, McMahon? Uh, so far, I'm good on the Zooms. I've been... I, well, I used to, so I covered Bob Knight, a Texas Tech program for a year. And uh, I used to wait like four or five questions in on his weekly conference call. And then I'd try to fire off a couple. And like, I basically would ask him questions until he'd hang up. He hung up on me like six straight weeks. <laughs> that's, yeah, you were that's early so bloomer great. in that regard. Who's the toughest coach you've ever had to, who's the toughest coach, Brian, for you? That you had to ask a question to that was the most intimidating. Intimidating? Hmm. Well, yeah, you know, like the, it was like, oh, I don't want to ask this, you know? Oh, this is not going to be well, fun. Well, I mean, I spent a month last summer with Greg Popovich. There were frustrating days. <laughs> um, yeah, but okay. I mean, all right. I honestly fair think enough, that there, enough. I honestly think he would flip a coin. And say today I'm going to be helpful to the media. If it's heads yeah. and if it's tails, I will not be helpful to the media. And um, I don't think it uh, speaks well of the character that he is. Um, his triteness. Uh, I understand that he doesn't suffer uh, questions he doesn't like, and that's that's totally his right. But um, his triteness belies his character, and um, a lot of people find it charming. Um, I do not. No. Right. So he, it's so funny because when he comes to Boston and I do think, I mean, I'm sure it happens other places too. When he comes to Boston, it, he is delightful. No matter whether the Spurs are winning, losing, whether he's happy or sad. So I don't know what that he's is. He's got a restaurant and, he loves up there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's many, but, and, but you know, he's, he stays a long time usually 20 minutes, 15, sometimes 20 minutes. You can always talk to him afterwards. It's so I, I don't always have the experiences that uh, these other people have with pop. And, and by the way, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about the Boston media in general. He really engages with everyone. I, I don't mean to make myself sound special. I don't want to suggest that at all. I'm just saying that there's something about the, the collective Boston media that he, wow, he, He's fantastic. So anyway, Tim, how about you? Most intimidating. I always like to I ask. I mean, this. Bob Knight was lived up lived up to his billing. Bill Parcells was tough. I'd never covered him on a regular yeah. basis, but chipped in some and, yeah. and those would be too tough. It's obviously Car- Carlisle yeah. and I have had our uh, little tussles, but I'm I'm proud right. to say yeah. that uh, I, I and I don't like intimidating, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and, and Rick Tim is not Rick, not a man to be intimidated. No, and Rick, I guess, probably can be intimidating, but at the end of it, he usually thinks about it and probably comes back around. Yeah, right? there's been there's there's way. been a lot of times where there's been a uh, text, "Meet me in my office." After yeah, that's what Rick's like. I cover Rick as a player. That's how old I am, and he was even like that as a player. You know, he was a reserve player, but he was just smarter. Rick, Rick, he really Rick, was Rick smarter Carlisle, than the rest of us. You didn't just sorry, Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I mean, he was smarter than all of us even then, and sometimes he would just you know, give a little sarcastic and then he'd think better of it. And I, I just remember one of the old veteran writers going, does that dude know he's never going to play? <laughs> like he knows he's never going to play. Right. And I said, he's still smarter than us. Yeah. It doesn't change All right, anything. Jackie, your turn. Oh, well, mine's easy. It's Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, years and years of Bill Belichick. And, and um, when I was young and eager, I remember once I, you know, I was a little nervous and I was listing players that had come and, and I was listing them all. And he goes, 
uh, Jackie, you don't have to list all of them. We all know who they are. And it was like, that was kind of funny, but it was really embarrassing. But sometimes he was just, you know, sometimes it was sport. By the time, you know, you'd been around a long time, you you just sort of wanted to take him on because you knew he wasn't, he, he didn't take it personally. It's just how well, he was. Yeah, and, I, in my, in my view, know. both of them are playing a character a little bit and it's below, yeah, absolutely. that's below absolutely. the type of uh, minds that they are. So. Oh, I couldn't agree yeah. more. And Belichick, you know, after a while, I just stopped going to his press conference. Well, I just went right to the right, That's what he wants. Well, of course. And I was happy to oblige him, yeah. you know, because when you talk to him, I remember I ran into him at a Celtics game once. This is kind of funny. He was in the back and they had just won the Super Bowl, the last one they won, I believe. And I happened to be back there. I don't know why. And he was looking for this guy that was one of the trainers or was working on the you know performance staff of the Celtics. And I didn't find this out till much later, but he was also helping the Patriots out at the same time. It was a little bit of a secret. And he was looking for this guy. I'm not going to say who, it doesn't matter. And I was coming out and I saw him and I said, oh, hi, Bill. Well, congratulations. And he said, well, hello, Jackie. I haven't seen you in many, many years. I'm sure you don't miss me. <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, Bill, I do not. Have a, have a great right. evening. That was yep. it. But, you know, as friendly as can Hey, be. listen, I'm all for realism, you know. Um, oh, yeah. No, all right, well, yeah. we do talk about the NBA. Not that I didn't mind that diversion. Um, Lakers uh, played their best game in the bubble tonight, blew the Blazers out. Um, I'm a little concerned about Damian Lillard, though. Um, late in the game in the fourth quarter, he reaches into um, – reaches Davis. in. Yeah, he reaches Anthony Davis and he gets his finger caught in his jersey. Actually, I mean, on his shoe, it looked like. His shoe? I think his finger hit the – I think the shoe kicked. Like, he reached and swiped and missed and looked like the uh, Davis's shoe kind of kicked up and hit him. Boy, I did not see that. I thought he got it caught in his jersey. No, I, I, I'm, I think well, I'm, I'm right. I'm sure you're right. I mean, I – You are right. Okay. Yeah. They, I think – we were watching the replay while we were waiting for you, Mr. Wendy. Well, was, yeah, we got to see all the replays, Wendy. I was watching the coverage where he threw a towel, and it reminded me of when Chris Paul got hurt in the in a playoff game and you know knew he was in trouble and was all upset. So I just hope that Lillard's okay. It is his left hand. Chris Paul of the so, minus 36 today? Yeah. Um, i tell you what. Watching the Rockets play, I, I, I don't – like. People can criticize James Harden for the way he plays. They can say that they don't like it, and that's fine. If you don't like it, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, I don't like the way the Rockets complain about officiating. That drives me crazy. If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know about it. I can't stand it. Again, I think it's below them. For a franchise that is so elevated in so many levels, the way they complain about officiating drives me crazy. It's it's not acceptable. However, you watch the way they play, and to me, I love watching them play. I love it. I love watching Harden when he can, when he goes to work, and he was total surgeon today. And what did he, McMahon, what did he finish with? He he didn't shoot it well. Twenty one. Yeah, yeah. twenty one. But but in terms of yeah. like his, his pass and the way he sees the floor, it was great. And and but for him to not shoot it well, for Russ to be you know a coach slash cheerleader on the sideline, and for them to win convincingly. Uh, it's pretty encouraging. And, and by the way, how about Jeff Green? Daniel House. Daniel House. How about Daniel House, baby? Real quick. Speaking of Russ on the sideline, um, Iron Maiden. You, you come have on, that baby. same shirt. I'm taking it. With... I'm taking it. I'm taking Iron Maiden. Maiden. Come on now. The David Stern uh, sideline <laughs> dress code has officially, <laughs> it has officially gone the way of David Stern. Uh, yeah. May he rest in peace. Um, he was wearing an Iron Maiden. Was tie dyed, right? Tie dyed. I don't think it was tie dyed, but it was like it was cut off. It was oh, cut yeah, yeah, it was sleeveless and it was showing a lot of side. Um, what you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of torso exposed. I'll put it like that. That's <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, uh, but anyway, so you know, Harden sort of played really well without scoring. LeBron, um, tonight's game 10 points. Now, I don't have the I should check with our stats people. I'm sure they've compiled it here in real time. Uh, I find it hard to believe LeBron's won a playoff game before when he scored 10 points. And if he and if he has, I wondered that. Yeah, I wondered if he that. has, it's been decade plus. Um, but so what's interesting about the Lakers, you know, just demolishing Portland, is that 
it, I mean, LeBron was good, of course, but it was really about it was really about Anthony Davis. He was awesome. And Anthony Davis was so bad, and I don't care what the numbers were. That game one, he did not do what they needed him to. He was not aggressive. Well, he was eight of twenty four in that game yeah. shooting. Well, but but he just wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't who he needed to be. He was absolutely who he needed to be in this game. But I will say this, and maybe I shouldn't, because maybe LeBron just knew this game was in hand and. You know, he knew that he was going to get Jared Dudley some minutes, and so it's all fine. But I still am waiting for the LeBron that's going to impose his will on the, this series. And I don't feel like I've seen it yet. Yeah, and that's it's interesting to say that because he had a you know twenty whatever point, I think fifteen rebounds, seventeen assists, triple double in game right. one. But it wasn't. Right. I hear what you're saying, and I you know what and, I mean, and right? Still, yeah. he still is. He's physically, I think he's he's trying to get right with that groin. But they obviously need Anthony Davis to play like a superstar. This is really the first time we've seen that, I think maybe even in the bubble. Um, and then obviously the Blazers need Dame to be, you know, a bubble MVP type of player. And, you know, that didn't happen tonight. We'll see how Dame does going forward with this dislocated finger. This is his left hand. Obviously that can affect ball right. handling, but it's not as – uh, his shooting hand, but and then you know it's not like the Lakers shot the ball great, but they at least weren't like league worst from three point range in this game, and right. that makes a, a huge difference. You know what it felt like to me, guys, and I don't know if you felt this way. You know, there's some we we, we say some things about you know that, that the NBA is predictable sometimes, and when you steal game one from the home team, and I know there's no home court, but you steal one game, you go, all right, we've done our job. We, we, we need to win mm -hmm. one of the first two. We've done our job. It felt a, a little bit like that to me tonight with the Blazers for this reason. I thought they were gassed in game one until Dame hit that 36-foot mm -hmm. three-pointer, and then he brought them back to life. Nurkic was, was sucking wind. Dame looked exhausted. C.J. McCollum looked uncomfortable. We know he's playing with the broken vertebrae in his back. They were re-energized by that long three, and then off they went from there. CJ had big shots, Gary Trent, so on and so on. That's game one. Tonight, I just think the pace that they've been playing at, every game that they've played in this bubble has been a must-win. I think that is mentally taxing, and I think tonight you really saw it. It looked to me they were a very, I thought, tired team from the yeah. very opening tip. Tired, flat team, and you know, Carlisle right. after they beat the Clippers last night – the he the phrase he used was that the Mavericks would be fighting the human nature curve going into Game Three, right? And very good. Yeah, and I think that yeah. the human nature curve plus just like you said the physical fatigue factor probably caught up to the Blazers tonight. Yeah, you know yep. uh, the the Blazers are starting a undrafted rookie at power forward, and uh, I think one of the defining moments of Game One, um, Wenyan Gabriel out of Kentucky right. was, was signed by the, uh, by the Kings and traded in a throw in probably really in the Trevor Ariza deal where Kent Bazemore went down to, uh, to Sacramento. Um, the, the, he was mic'd up in, uh, in game one. And I'm, I'm sure he was over the moon to be asked to wear the mic <laughs> and um, the mic caught him. I think he was talking to an official, uh, but the mic caught him right before tip off saying, um, oh my gosh, this is my first, my first career start. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, that's and great. that was yeah. the guy that the Blazers assigned to, to Anthony Davis. Yeah. Right. And Anthony yeah. Davis shot four of 20 or eight of 24. So what I think happened tonight was Anthony Davis said, look, <laughs> um, I am not going to let them get away with either putting a slow center on me, which uh, he ate Nurkic, uh, Yusef Nurkic alive multiple times, or, a rookie who's literally just happy to be there. Um, he played like that tonight. Now, um, I actually felt Ken, uh, 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 Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, who was 0 of 9 in game one, hit his first two threes in the first like yeah. three minutes. Right. That was big. And I felt that that sort of released some of the tension. And, you know, in my view, uh, the Lakers, you know, there, there's going to be a certain number of games where Anthony Davis plays great and they're going to win. It's going to be a certain number of games where LeBron plays great and they're going to win. But in those other games, when those guys aren't great, and maybe it'll be five games, maybe it'll be two, maybe we already saw the one, can the Lakers cope? So in this game, the the uh, the supporting cast played really well, and Anthony Davis played great. That's, you know, if they sort of get two of the three, 
LeBron, yeah. Anthony Davis, and their supporting cast, they're going to be okay. It's just a question of how often is that going to happen? And, um, you know, and, and you mentioned, I mean, the, the challenges are, are now compounding for the Blazers. Uh, first off, it's the second straight game they failed to shoot over 40% against the Lakers. I felt the Lakers, the one thing they did in the bubble, the first few games, especially that Clipper game coming out of the gate, um, they played really aggressive, high-energy defense. And uh, they've been doing that the last two games. Their defense has been good. They have disrupted uh, the Blazers. And tonight, they brought uh, an extra guy up um, when when Dame was on the perimeter. They brought an extra guy up to sort of defend against his anything about him coming off of a pick, so that there would be a sort of a guy in his face. They extended their defense on him a little bit. I do think it it helped, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, LeBron is going to have to play at a very high level for the Lakers to win three Western series, and yeah. and so that's that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. By the way, uh, per our stats and information group, our beloved stats and information group, right. this is the fewest points that LeBron has ever scored in a playoff win, and tied for the third fewest that he has scored in a playoff game. Period. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> surprised. You know, so we remember you know, the fewest, don't we, McMahon? No, it's not. I it's not the it's not in the uh, 06 or I'm sorry, eleven finals. Um, it was the worst game of his career. It was the way it was a terrible game, but it wasn't the fewest. Uh, it was January 07 against the Bucks and December 03 against the Hawks. He had eight points in both of those games. Interesting. He, he, no, no. Wait a minute. Time out. Game five, 2011 playoffs, 2011 finals. Yeah, he stunk it up. I'm just telling you what his fewest points in a playoff he, game were. He scored eight points in that game. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, he okay. it was it was the worst game of his career. Right after I right after I bragged about changed his changed his whole group. career. Wouldn't we argue? I think yeah, it I, I mean, his whole career. He's got this streak. I don't even know how long the streak is. It's like 850 games of 10 points or more. It's the longest streak in NBA history, but it's regular season games. Uh, right. You're you're right. They 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 admitted that. I'm gonna have to reply into yeah, Slack and show how smart I am. That's uh, there you that's go. Sad. Um, well, yeah, because remember, Michael Jordan had that regular season yes, record, but they have and to spend a regular fam- season, Jackie. Well, because, I know, but there was yeah. a famous story about that Michael Jordan um, record. He was playing for the Wizards, and Doug Collins was the coach, and they were losing a game, and. You know, it was just he just thought Michael looked tired and maybe he was he looked a little gimpy. You know, he was having knee problems that year. So he had eight points and Doug Collins took him out and didn't know about the streak. And at the end of the game, you know, he realized it with horror what had happened. And then Jordan went to him the next day and said, do you still think I'm good? And Doug Collins is like, what? And he goes, of course I do. He goes, so you still think I can play, right? You're just not like I'm just not hanging on. here." He goes, no, no, no. So he said, "Okay." So the next game he came out, he had like, I don't know, 30 points or something crazy like that. He had the next two games, he had like 30 plus points. That's Michael Jordan. Well, what's anyway. crazy about that is, is that like up till Jordan's last year, he was still playing like 42 minutes. No, of course he was. Yeah. You know? So I want to get back to um, LeBron, if I can, Brian. There was something that um, David Thorpe, who I, I like a lot, who was our former colleague here at ESPN and now writes it, uh, for True Hoop. And he made a, a point today in one of his stories on True Hoop about um, watching LeBron and how LeBron didn't want to go left and that his experience, because he trains players and worked with players for many years, was that generally when you won't go off your offhand, that means you might have some lower body injury or some issue regarding pushing off, which I think would be, I'm assuming, the groin. Although I noticed when LeBron walked off tonight, to, he had two huge ice packs on his knees. I'm sure that's just standard that's procedure standard. for him, yeah. standard procedure post game. But so anyway, I thought that was an interesting observation from David Thorpe. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've listed on the injury report um, with the groin injury. He, um, you know, had the left groin injury last year and then has had right. The, has the right groin injury this year, you know, Um Signs of getting older, but uh, they, they are going to have to. I just put it this way: if you're looking for, if you're a Laker fan and you're looking for something to say, you got something going. That defense is is what you got going. Um, before we talk about the lottery, which was tonight. By the way, I screwed this thing up bad. That was the fewest points in a playoff win. The fewest points in a win period were eight against the Bucks, eight against the Hawks. 
I screwed up the list. So my apologies for trying to correct our stats and information group. Let's <laughs> go on it. after I made a fool of myself. I'm going to tell you, I'll never forget game five. There's a lot of things I'll never forget about LeBron's career, but I'll never forget game five, 2011. Jose Juan Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, um, McMahon, uh, you you spend a lot of time covering both the Mavericks and uh, Rockets. You're, you're covering mm-hmm. those series right now. Um, the Rockets have been extremely impressive. The only series in the West that's 2-0 is the Rockets series. Um, even without Russell Westbrook, uh, What's the vibe coming out of Houston right now? I mean, they've 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 got to be looking over at. I mean, we're talking about the Lakers. We're not blown away. They 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 played great tonight, but you know yeah. we're not blown away. Um, the Clippers are in a little scrap with the Mavericks. They can't figure yeah. out how to slow down that that Dallas offense right yeah, now. Like I, like I think the team in the East that is sort of looking around, going, "Huh," is the Raptors. Yeah, because they're looking at the Celtics, going, "Well, Gordon Hayward's going to mm-hmm. be out for the playoffs because." Um, I don't think he, I mean, no matter what happens, a, a grade three ankle sprain is not a four week injury. I, I wish him the best, but, uh, there's never, I, I doubt there's ever been a grade three ankle sprain. That's been a four week injury. That's a, that's a two to three month injury. Well, um, uh, you know what though? I've been, I've been looking this up because I had this argument with our pal, Tim Bontemps, who said the same as you, which I understand and appreciate and respect. So the closest I could find was De'Aaron Fox. He came back after, I think it was 33 days. Hmm. Just for food for thought. Okay. Continue. Continue. All right. Uh, so, the, but the Raptors are sitting there going, you know, the Bucks aren't looking so great. The Celtics are are good, and they're going to win that series. But they're down one of their one of their good players. Really mm-hmm. important player you know? to them. Very and if important. I'm, and if I'm the Rockets, now we're only two games in. We're not not overreact. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm like, you know, the Lakers aren't exactly blowing the doors off of people, and they haven't blown the doors off the people here. The Clippers are not looking like the formidable opponent that we thought they would be. And, you know, Denver and the Jazz, respectable, but they wouldn't see them right. to the conference finals. Rockets must be – I'll bet, I'll bet the, their shoulders are back and their heads are high right now. Oh, no, and, and they feel like, you know, look, they're up 2-0 without Russ, with Harden today, you know, not shooting it well at all. They're playing really good defense, and that's something they're excited about. Yeah. And listen, I I know people like to kind of say, oh, Dan Tony doesn't coach. All they do is ISO. He just rolls the ball out. Man, that guy, for him, like this little wrinkle that that he's come up with for the series of Jeff Green being a point center. I know. And they're running pick and roll. They're like, okay, you can't trap James Harden if he's setting the screen in a pick and roll with the center. Running the pick, and it's not that's they didn't do that. You know, Jeff Green wasn't with them for most of the season, first of all. They this is not something that they this was he had it in his pocket, they pulled it out here. And you know, you have to give D'Antoni credit. Ben McLemore, a guy who could not keep a job in the NBA, has been a great role player for the Rockets. Jeff Green, a guy who was on the scrap heap after the Jazz dumped him in the middle of the season, has been a great role player for the Rockets. You know, PJ Tucker. You know, he's been a solid role player for several teams, but, you know, perfect fit with the Rockets. Daniel House, a guy, G League, waivers, so on and so forth. Undrafted. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan Tony plays the West Virginia dummy role all shucks. (laughs) 
He's an awfully good coach, though. Of course he is, and I've never understood why his job is allegedly in jeopardy. It just makes uh, no sense to me whatsoever. No Two-way two street there. Two-way street No, there. I get that. I get that there's bad feelings. You know what was also remarkable about that Rockets game today? Did you look at Eric Gordon's stat sheet? Mm-hmm. 0 for 10 from the three-point line. And his plus-minus was through the roof. Through the roof, and they still won going away. But Jeff Green, and I've covered Jeff in a bunch of different towns. <laughs> He's been in a lot. He has. But he was one of the biggest teases to me because there were times when you would watch him play and you'd think, this guy's going to be a perennial all-star. He's got all the gifts. He's got all yeah, the tools. Six, nine, yeah, athletics, just, yeah, you know, smart, skill, can put it on the floor. Smart, yeah. But didn't you know motor was an issue with him? And of course, remember too, he did have open heart surgery, which I right. always like to re- remind people of. And I, I always liked him so much too. But he was he'd have a game that, you know, like this game. And then the next game, you're like, okay. And uh, you know, he was well, there. he's had two really he's had two very really good, good games in this game. Very series. good. I mean, and I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting like crazy for him. I'm rooting like crazy for him. But yeah, for, so you mentioned you mentioned Gordon 0 of 10, Harden 2 of 11 from 3. So they got two guys, right? they're 2 of 21 from 3 with those two guys and they and they win it going away uh with Russ on the bench. Austin Rivers looks really good right now too. I mean, I don't know if he I don't know if he can keep it up. But um he just was playing with so much confidence today. He made Chris Paul look really bad. Yeah, Chris <laughs> with with Austin Rivers third dunk of the season blowing by uh, Carlton Banks and, and that going up counted, and that, that should have counted for two dunks. That was a yeah. hell of a play. Um, yeah, uh, my boy Shea you know, played well though, didn't he? I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. He had himself a game, but no one's going to talk about it because they got waxed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they just um, boy, do they just? I mean, for a team that I thought was really coming together, they just took a step slow. And I'm not just talking yeah. about Chris Paul, but just the whole team. And I don't know, maybe that's the effect of playing the I was going to say, you play small ball, you chase those guys up and down. I think they make a lot of people look that way. I was yeah. su- I'm was. i surprised. I picked the Thunder to win the series, and, you know, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of the series left, but that's not looking so you, smart You picked right the now. Thunder, huh? I'm surprised. Well, I really well, – just look, Russ – I don't think Russ is playing in this series. Yeah, it looks – And yeah. and so, you know, you take away Russell Well, you're not going to play him for a while now. I mean, well, you know, yeah. They, you're going to keep him over there to see if you can get through it. Right. Yeah, and D'Antoni kind of acknowledged that, hey, it's it's different. You know, there's certainly not the same sense of urgency to get Russ back in the mix. But, he, you know, but they're also, you know, they need to get him right if they're going to make a deep playoff run. And, no, for sure. You know, yeah. A strained quad for a guy with that kind of explosiveness, mm-hmm. they, they've got to be careful. Well, what did they, what are they listing him as? Are they listing him as questionable? Or no, he's out. Okay. He, he's out. So, so the word I heard on him is that, He's not game to game right now. He's, no, he is out. Yeah, you know, because I I think I saw people say, well, we'll we'll see about game three, and I'm like, no, like, no. Dan, Dan, Dan Tony, who Dan Tony's not a, a big bluffer on injuries at all, and he, what Dan Tony is saying is he's getting better, but we don't have a timetable, and that's you know, I I, I don't think there's any gamesmanship there. I think that's just the truth. I I, I would be. Maybe maybe if the Thunder come back and, and really stretch this series out, we'll see Russ at some point. Hallow be thy name, I, baby. Hallow be thy yeah, name. But I I don't I don't think we'll see Russ in the first round. We'll you know, we'll see. I mean, eight years in college, not not a doctor, but eight years in college. Right. That's a little Iron Maiden reference in case you guys don't aren't Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. I was still laughing about eight years in college. Did you really have eight years in college? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who was paying for it? Well, I had what I refer to as a senior era, <laughs> where um, I, in, in, in my defense, I was making $9 an hour at the Denton Record Chronicle working full-time for okay. that senior era. Okay. So, you know, working those 70-hour, I was, I was a full-time student when I got the gig, and I flunked the hell out of that semester. Wow. <laughs> Matter of fact, one of the classes I flunked somehow my daughter's got a hold of my college transcript. Oh, and one that. of the I think classes you need to talk I, to your ex about that. Well, your, your uh, yeah, credibility yeah, is destroyed. Yeah. Oh yeah, well they knew I wasn't the smartest guy in the world. That's obvious. But uh, one of the classes I flunked was Asian politics. Well, their mom is Thai, 
Um, and as my my older daughter Bailey said, "Well, no wonder you guys got a divorce." Oh no! <laughs> wow, well, we could goodness. go we could go way deep into that, but wow. I'm not going to do that right now. Wow! 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 Um, oh so my McMahon, goodness! McMahon, um, your your feeling on the on the Mavericks' chances in that series? I mean, yeah. I, I I have been on the Clippers bandwagon for 13 months now. Um, <laughs> it's been a long, winding, torturous road. And uh, obviously they are not playing the best basketball. The Mavericks are a big reason why. I'll tell you what, they are a scary ass team both yeah. now and going forward. Well, and the Clippers, oh, for, I mean, if you're talking about going forward for the next 12 years or so, I mean, the Mavericks have a chance to be a contender for a long, long, and they're not there yet, I don't think. But, I mean, it's coming soon and it's got a chance to last a long time with Luca and, you know, Porzingis and whatever they are able to put around those guys. Uh, as far as this series goes, you know, look, the Clippers have some problems. Pat Beverly's not healthy, right. you know, missed game two. And, look, he ain't stopping Luca. Luca's too big. But he can deal with Trey Burke. He can deal with a Seth Curry, guys who killed the Mavericks off the bench in that game. Poor Doc Rivers getting torched by his son-in-law. Um, and then uh, so they, look, and and People. unfortunately, Montrez Harrell missed the entire season schedule, and you know, tragic circumstances with his grandmother passing away. But he's trying to chip off rust in a playoff series, and he's just not close to himself. And if he can't be, you know, sixth man of the year, absolute offensive stud, then Boban causes major problems for him on the other end of the floor. All true. And Paul George didn't play well. You know, oh, he's yeah, or yeah, he didn't play well. And you know, it's so funny when this always happens in the postseason. But when you're a star and you get big money and you demand to be traded all these places, like he has been. You have to deliver, and 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 you talk all that stuff about. No, Dame. I know. I want a Dame to fire off a troll tweet so right. bad last night. I agree. So, and you know, even with the Bucks win today, the only thing I was looking at was how did Chris Middleton do, and they won big yeah. today, but he still hasn't played well either. And how far can the Bucks go if Chris Middleton can't step up? How far do the Clippers go if Paul George can't be there every night like Kawhi has been? Yeah. It was an uninspiring. I mean, you know, they, they they were they were they were comfortably in control the whole game, the Bucks, but it was an uncomfortable. It was uninspiring. The Bucks, you mean? Yeah, uninspiring uh, performance today. You by the Bucks? Uh, I mean, I just see. I disagree you know, with you. I disagree. With it was all right for what it is, but yeah, it, it wasn't all but, that. But see, here's why it was important: it was because if they didn't win big like they did, and if Giannis didn't have 25 and 20 in like 30 minutes, we'd all be saying, "Oh, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks." And they do exactly what they had to do, and they did it right away. They got the game going downhill. They got the magic, forced the magic into running up and down the floor. And when they do that, when they can score in transition against anybody, magic anybody. They have a chance to win. And that's, to me, all I, I just look for certain things, and that was one of them. Just like you were mentioning, Brian, with the Lakers. I was like, who's going to just hit a couple of early threes so they can all relax and pull the lid off the basket? And Pope did that for him. I mean, let's not be too specific about it. That's all I wanted to see from the Bucks, and we saw it in the first six minutes of the game. So getting back to the Mavericks, I'm just going to say that in the 2021 summer, they have seventy-two million dollars on their books. Hey, are there any like superstar free agents that are going to be I mean, in that market? I mean, like, like any any Europeans to add to their European alliance? <laughs> I'm just asking. I mean, um, I can't believe this is I'm what just, you guys are talking about in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Well, but I'm but he brought it up. I'm just asking questions. But uh, you know, you don't think they're leaving an impression? Right now? No, like, it's too soon. They, no, I don't. It's too soon. A million things are going to happen between now and then. Listen, a million things. Luca, uh, and, and, and like a million things can happen for, in Milwaukee's favor. That's right. true. Luca's a guy people will want to play well, with. Well, that's There's sure. no question But people want to play with Kawhi Leonard, too. So, I mean, you know, people want to play with Paul Dame George Lillard. Did. So, you know. There's a million things Luka Doncic hasn't done, but just you wait. But and what's crazy about that win uh, for the Mavericks in Game Two? Luca played nine minutes in the. I in the know that was half. great. It was in foul he dominated trouble. the first yeah. half. Picked up, picked up fourth foul in the third quarter. 
and a really, really dumb foul in the first minute of the fourth quarter. Sat all that time, and you know Trey Burke and Seth Curry, and and, and you know the the Mavs bench, uh, they they kept the you know kept the thing afloat. And and here's the thing, they had to do that because close games, the Mavericks will not win. They they are the worst clutch team in the playoffs by right. far. And they're not going to beat the Clippers if it's close down the stretch. So they've, you know, and 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 I just don't believe they can beat the Clippers four times by eight, ten, twelve, fourteen points. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm just. Uh, I'm trying to gauge the level of trouble the Clippers are in. You know, w- where's the water? Is it waist deep? Is it knee deep? Is it? Shoulder deep? Uh, I think. I, I I think if they hike their their bridges up a little bit, they can <laughs> yeah. avoid. I'm, I'm going to recommend now. some capris and say you're going to sail on. <laughs> there All you right? go. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, Luca is, there's going to be teams that are going to spend years trying to figure out how to defend him because one to watch. um, That's for sure. It's, it's easy to, it's easy to forget how big he is and how young he is. (laughs) I just don't see him as a young player. He's 21. No, no, I, well, I and what's scary? He's 21, but I don't see him as a young player. When you what's, watch him play, you don't feel that way. What's scary about him right now, the best way to defend him is hope he falls in love with his step back three. He's just ter- he's and, terrible. And if he becomes, yeah, he's a, he's a 32% three point shooter. He, and a big problem for them in the clutch is him relying on that. It's just, ugh. If he, beca- if he becomes a, I'm not saying he's going to become James Harden. On those, but if if that becomes an effective shot for him, I don't know. I don't know what you do with it. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, let's talk about the lottery real quick. Um, it's not a particularly uh, in exciting draft. And we also, you know, um, so by the way, well, Woj reported today that um, that it looks like free agency, which was scheduled for August or I mean uh, October 18th, is going to be delayed. Um I have heard and uh, other people have, have been saying it, that there's a possibility a free agency gets delayed, that the draft would get delayed. Right now the draft is October 13th. And uh, Adam Silver in an interview on the draft lottery with Rachel Nichols said tonight, he basically said December 1st is not happening. And the reason he said that is is not because they have to have CBA negotiations, which they do, but because they have decided – you know, for the time being, you know, we're in a, in a fluid uh, time and place, but for the time being, they have tabled the idea of playing without fans next year, which, which means um, that they've tabled the idea of another bubble environment. Um, now, will they change their mind in three months? Maybe to get another season and maybe they will, but they want to play with fans and maybe not a full arena, but they want to put people in an arena. So they're going to delay and hope that there's antivirals or fast testing or hope for all of us that there's an effective and available vaccine. And so uh, guys, I think this, I think the season's headed way back to be honest with you uh, because, and I, and I get it like the, the cost of, of playing without fans is enormous. And then the idea of having a bubble, which is also, you know, the NBA is spending money, like right? 1. 1.5, $1.5 million a day to put this bubble on. So anyway, we had a draft lottery and the draft lottery is often a pivotal thing. And the Timberwolves won it for the second time in five years. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I just real quick want to talk about the Knicks, who's, this is, this is officially become, absurd i know they haven't 
they haven't moved. They have. They literally have not moved up in decades. But they moved down every year. <laughs> they moved down two spots yeah. today. Two spots from behind them jumped them. Um, you know, it, it's always awkward when you find out that you either stayed put or moved down because they show your face on TV. And like poor Leon Rose wasn't expecting to be on TV because he was at least two picks away. <laughs> and then it was like. And with the eighth pick, the New York Knicks, and they show Leon, and Leon's like, um, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, um, where, where, where are the frozen envelopes when they need them?" Well, I think the Knicks would tell you that they would rather have luck in next year's draft lottery than this year's draft lottery. But True. who am I kidding? They've never had luck in the draft. They haven't had since well, uh, Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the the Timberwolves get the number one pick, but. I think more interesting is that the Warriors get number two. And that's an interesting spot because there's a dispute about who the number one pick is going to be. And if you're in the number two slot uh, and there's fluidity in opinion, in other words, some teams may value guys at two, some team may value the same guy at four, or, or some team you know, may think that, they can jump up and get in front of another guy. When, when there's not clear delineation on on where the picks fall, the there becomes some value in moving around because you want to co-get your player. And the Warriors are in perfect position to potentially trade this pick, um, not only because it's the number two pick, but they also have the $17 million Andre Iguodala trade exception, so they could trade the pick for a, for a player of who's making real money. And so – Coming out of this, you know, and it, we'll, we'll be talking about the players themselves going on later, Jackie, but I think the Warriors have to feel pretty good about getting one of those top three spots to start, you know, figuring out what they could do because they intend to come back very strong. Okay, but here's, here's the thing I would counter with. So you mentioned that $17 million trade exception, but think about what's transpired here. You've had a season that was – a dismal season for the Warriors for a whole host of reasons. And then one that stopped with no fans, no revenue. So these NBA teams are losing millions and millions and millions of dollars. As you know, the Warriors payroll is already top heavy with Clay Thompson and Draymond and Steph Curry and all these players. So are they in a position where they're going to want to add, let's say a $17.2 million player to a cap that's probably not going to be what you once thought it was going to be with the potential of no fans in your arena. And you're going to get over the cap even more and pay even more penalties. Now, maybe the NBA is going to make allowances for this. I don't know. I don't think so. So I tend to think, because you, you have to think about this and, and, you know, Joe Lacob has, he's swung for the fences. He's, you know, there's, you, you can't argue with what he's done, but I just think it's a little different this year. Um, guys, because the financials are different. They're very dire. And well, but the financials have been really friendly to, to the Warriors for a while yeah, but, now. But that was yesterday. And when you, when you, I, I hear you, but tomorrow you have, knock on wood, a healthy Steph Curry, a healthy Clay Thompson, a healthy Draymond Green, a very defined window with those guys. It's not like you're looking at, a six to eight year window. It's it's shorter than that. that. So, and 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 how much is a you know nineteen year old going to come in and, and help you in that? It very depends fine which window? which player you choose. Number one. So maybe what the Warriors do is they trade down to get a player that is more NBA ready, and you trade down to that because it might not be the long term best player. So you trade down and you get something else for it. Plus, you get a, a, a new player. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate because I, I... no, Jackie, you are you are raising a very good point, and let me give All you right. some details. Uh, most teams make between uh, thirty and about forty five percent of their revenue from their arenas. Right. They're you know not only ticket sales but beer sales and suites and also naming rights. Not just the naming rights on the building, but the naming rights on clubs. The Warriors make eighty percent of their revenue that way, partially because their brand arena new. is yeah. so uh, is brand new and has all that right. money out there. The other thing is, is that for a large television market like San Francisco, they do not have 
a world-class television, local television deal. They don't have a television deal mm-hmm. like the Knicks or the Lakers do. Um, having said that, two things here. Number one, they now know that the NBA is very determined to play games with fans, at least some fans in the building. So that's a relief to them. Number two, Joe Lake of their owner, his, his uh, I don't know if it's his doctorate or it's his master's degree is in epidemiology. He is very in tune with the advancements in this, and he is confident that he will be able to get fans in the arena. But here's the most important part. The Warriors are just different when it comes to finances. So Joe Lacob has established an option of borrowing $250 million against the, the ownership in the arena. They have opened up the possibility of a credit line of $250 million. And I don't even necessarily think that it's the Warriors need the money. I don't think that they're like struggling to make their No, I'm not saying that. I'm not as far saying as that. I know, no, as far as I know, they haven't laid anybody off. But be, like, for example, if the Utah Jazz needed money to get them through this, you know, they have some free agents. They got to re-sign Donovan Mitchell. There's an opportunity to extend Rudy Gobert. If the Utah Jazz needed needed money, they couldn't get $250 million, um, against their building, you know. Um, every team, by the way, can borrow $325 million. Um, I'm not going to go too far down. I thought they that. boosted that. They did. They boosted it from 250 to 325. Okay. Um, but the the Warriors are so there's so much faith in them that they have opened up this 250 million dollar credit line. So knowing the Warriors and knowing Joe Lake up the way that I do, I think they're more likely to say, "Well, listen, we can tap this credit line. This is another advantage." The Trailblazer, well, the Trailblazer, <laughs> trust one of the richest, but you know. The Jazz can't do that. The Suns can't do that. The 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 Rockets can't do that. The Pelicans can't do that. The Nuggets can't do that. We can do it. So I actually think that if there's a trade that they think can carry them up, I'm not saying they're going to do it just to add, you know, uh, a sixth man who makes fifteen million dollars just to do it. But if they see a deal that they like that they think can really boost them forward, I think. They will have the money, even in this time, to do it because they have that cash cow arena. That and you know, if I had money, if I had tens of millions of dollars, and there was a piece of the Chase Center available for sale, I feel pretty good about buying a piece. Well, of let gold. me just say this, and with yeah. all due respect to Mr. Lacob, who um, has a degree in epidemiology, if you say so, even Dr. Fauci doesn't know what's going to happen. So you can study it all you want. None of us know what's going to happen. And I understand that Adam Silver wants to get fans back in the arena. Of course, we all want that. But there's no, we don't know what the timeline of that is. We're guessing. Everybody's guessing. So that's a lot of money to guess on. That's all I'm saying. Your your point is well taken. And I think we're going to see many teams out there like you know there's a handful of teams in small markets that have or you know sort of not rich markets i shouldn't say like for example the atlanta hawks okay the atlanta hawks have 30 million dollars in salary cap space do you honestly think that they're going to spend all 30 million dollars of it when they're in a in a situation where they're not contending and now they do want to make the playoffs, but they're not contending for a title. Well, and I'll say this, though. Not having fans in the arenas is not like a big adjustment for the Hawks. Oh, that's a cheap shot. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but it's still Yeah, and the Hawks are going in the right direction. And the, and yeah, the Hawks Travis, are Travis, is, Travis knows so he, what he's doing. I, you know, I, I actually well, talked yeah. with John Collins this week. Um, I'm doing this little outside the bubble thing, which – no one will ever see because there's too many games being played and too many stories been written about the games. But no, I get it. Totally understand it. But, you know, John Collins was a 2010 guy this year. And we're always talking about these 50, 40, 90 guys. He's a 50, 40, 80 guy. I mean, he's a really, really good young talent. And we talk about Trey Young a lot because he's more fun to watch and all that. But Travis is, you know, Kevin Herter, they got, they got pieces there. They've got pieces yeah, to be entertaining. I'm not saying they're there yet. But <laughs> yeah. Also, the uh, the Hornets, who haven't moved up since like 1993, moved up to the three number three pick. Um, so they should get a. I mean, they have a 
a couple of pieces there, but um, it's it hasn't been much to cheer for in Charlotte since Kemba Walker yeah. walked out the door. So that's good for them. And and then yeah, um, they did the move Bulls up. move up for Kenny um, Atkinson. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Ooh, hey, a hell of a developer of young talent. That would be it would a, be a fantastic be a really hire, hire for them. Uh, and I think I mean Kenny's name has already been linked in published reports uh, to the Bulls, and I think it'd be a great marriage. I think Ime Udoka yep. is going to get a close yep. look a lot there, of, as well as uh, Dar Darvin. Yeah, Darvin. Darvin Ham does a great job. Yeah, Darvin's going to. Yeah. yeah, and you know the fact you know Darvin Ham is with the Bucks. Um, uh, the fact that uh, the Bud coaching mm -hmm. tree is already bearing fruit. Right. With Taylor. Well, Jenkins, and, and the players really yeah. like and respect Darvin Ham. He's not. Um, he's not one of these in-your-face guys. That's you know, drill sergeant kind of. He's. He's he's got a great. I've I watch him a lot pregame. I've watched him with the players, including Giannis. And um, there's you can always tell when a coach has credibility with players, and he definitely does. I remember seeing that with Tyron Lue. Every game you'd ever see Tyron Lue at as an assistant coach. Um, he's what he was an assistant with the Cavs. Players from yep. the opposing team. Well, like team Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd has the same thing going on. Uh, all right, well, we'll uh, talk more about the lottery as we get closer to the draft, whenever that may be. And, of course, we'll talk a lot about the playoffs, which are raging onward. And I think we're going to have a long first round here. I think some of these series are destined for six or seven. So it's, there's going to be some ebbs and flows for sure. But uh, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Jackie and Tim, thanks for staying up late. And our producer, Troy, back in Connecticut. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your week. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.